Eagle Nation. You're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. Well, Cody, we had said uh, all week in our preview of the Coastal game that it was going to ultimately come down to the defense. And it was kind of the opposite of that. It was actually offense that lost this football game. Uh, 28 to 14, Coastal Carolina wins to improve to 5 and 0. They're a uh, top 20 team now, coming in at number 20 in AP poll. And Georgia Southern falls to 3 and 2 overall, 1 and 2 in the Sunbelt Conference after just kind of collapsing in the second half and having really an anemic offense um, all game, but especially there in the second half, just one offensive touchdown the entire game. And yeah, again, I mean, I, I think, I think the defense kind of held up their end of the bargain, obviously, you know, gave up those two late scores there after we just were producing nothing on the other side of the ball. Um, but 14, 14 game at half, uh, front seven played their, their tails off, obviously had some, you know, uh, questions again with, you know, broken down coverages on, on the deep ball, but that was really coastal's only offense there for a while. Uh, you know, until we just kept giving them the ball back and giving them more and more chances, by not getting the offense going at all. So I, I think that's kind of the theme is the opposite of what we thought. Uh, and then, you know, the just lack of production on offense is what lost this game. Yeah. Um, which is very frustrating. This is, this is a season laden senior laden offensive group. Um, offensive line has, has played together. Now they should be pretty well experienced at this point. And uh, you should have a, a offensive coordinator with over 30 years experience who should be able to formulate a game plan that should be executed um, pretty well. And none of that happened. Um, it's very frustrating when you're supposed to be a triple option team and you throw the ball 22 times and over half of those incompletions are nowhere near close or they're contested shots and nobody's open and, your really your best offensive weapon doesn't even really get a chance to even showcase his skills outside of a punt return. So, yeah, I, I get the frustration of the fan base in regards to to the offense this past week. It was absolutely abysmal. Yeah, and and we're we're gonna break that down because I think I think that's what you know people are that, that's what they're clamoring about on social media. That's what we've heard, and I mean you and I have already talked about it some through text and and you know in our pre-show you know that we do uh, just kind of chatting before we get on air. But uh, yeah, I mean I think we're gonna spend a good amount of time talking about that. Obviously, short week, uh, short memory with South Alabama coming in town uh, this Thursday. So we will preview that game and, you know, what we're going to have to do to, to not fall. If Wesley Kennedy does not get 20 touches in this game, somebody on that offensive staff needs to be demoted or looking for a new job. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I think there are several kind of benchmarks that we probably want to see in this game. Not just I agree with that, but but uh, other benchmarks as well. Uh, score more than thirty points, right? Uh, something yeah. that we haven't been yeah. able to do consistently. Uh, you, know, you know, rush the ball consistently. About that yeah. In, in our first few episodes, go way on back, and I think it's like two or three. I can't remember which one, but we we have highlighted that thirty point mark a long time ago. Um, I just feel like now everybody's coming to our party. So I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much to talk about. I mean, with, I guess, I guess let's start with passing. Um, you know, a lot of people, obviously we've, we've thrown the ball more this year than we're used to. Obviously a lot of people, you know, you're kind of triple option purists and this whole thing, run, run the dang ball people. Uh, they don't like it. You know, we, we have said staying that they put there. It's not, it's not, but this is a, for, for now, for now, anyway, this is a a clean podcast. It's a family show. So, uh, might not be after if, if this, uh, trend continues, um, just be a a friendly basketball podcast. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, so, Throwing the ball more, we saw it against Louisiana, you know, but we we did it at a high clip. Yes, we lost that football game. We only scored 18 points, but threw for, you know, Shywerts had a career day throwing, you know, 250 yards. This one, direct opposite of that. We there's kept going to the air. Yeah. yeah, there's two big differences in that. One, in the Louisiana game, the receivers were open. Yeah. Right, Wesley Kenny was wide open. Um and in two, those were high percentage pass plays, Correct. right? Either they were they were wide open down the field, or they were short completions that got us positive yardage. In this case, this was not the case in this game. 
every deep ball seemed to be contested and not even close or it was way overthrown. So um, offense as a whole, only 3.69 yards per play in this game. That ranks 449th out of 490 total Georgia Southern games. So if, if that puts anything in perspective for you. Um, but passing was a big reason in, in just kind of low production here. And, and again, yeah, it goes back to efficiency eight for 22 pass it 22 times, um, 4.5 yards per pass uh, works through, uh, two interceptions and, uh, just 99 total yards passing after throwing it 22 times you kind of saw early on that it, it just wasn't working. You know, we, we kept going in the first half to the deep ball. We finally connected one with Malik Murray, 38 yards that set up a, a J.D. King touchdown or only offensive touchdown of the entire game. You kind of knew you had a sense in the first half that, okay, whatever the strategy is, whatever this game plan is, it's not working. They could be stacking the box. We could be catching them off guard, but we're not executing – whether it's a play call situation or it's the execution or it's a combination of both, it just wasn't working. You know, I mean, there, there's no, there's no way around it. We're not here. We don't bash players. We don't call people out, but you look at the stat line. It's not us saying it. The stats don't lie. Shy works did not have a good football game. He didn't, you know, and I think it comes down to, and why a lot of fans are frustrated is because as coaches, you have to put your players in the best situation to succeed. That can be, you know, if, if he's not sharp on his passes, we don't pass the ball as much, or we do high percentage throws, which in the second half, you saw some attempts to, you know, of that where it's, you know, kind of more shorter passes and still, you know, it it was, uh, they'd sail or or whatever. Um, But also we have a run game and we have really good running backs. And like you mentioned, Wesley Kennedy, probably our best running back, only gets four carries the entire game and only gets four targets with two catches. So just eight total targets slash, you know, uh, uh, attempts carries in the entire game. That can't happen. And J.D. King, you have a situation where, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves, but you had a situation in the fourth quarter after they miss a field goal. And, you know, uh, could take the lead there. We kind of have a momentum swing. We go three and out. J.D. King carries it the first uh, play, makes it a second and three situation. We throw the ball two times. We throw the ball two times and end up having to punt it away. And that was kind of the swinging point in the game. And only waste 48 seconds of play clock after our defense had been on the field for 14 plays, 60-something yards, and five and a half minutes. I text Matt, and, and, and Matt can back this up. I text him right after that happened. I said, defense, yeah, you're going to score here. Yep. Yeah. And they did. And and that's the thing. We came into this game leading the nation in a time of possession, thirty-five just over 35 minutes per game. And it's like we completely abandoned that identity in this game. We came in just trying to throw the ball and kept throwing and kept throwing and kept throwing. And we'd have a good run. J.D. King ran well, um, you know, but and again, not not getting the ball to, uh, you know, arguably our best playmaker and Kennedy. Yet we kept going back to that well and it just wasn't working. And again, I go back to, to the coaching thing of put your players in positions, you know, so high percentage throws or just run the ball more or if it comes down to it platoon quarterbacks and, and bring in Tomlin and see what he's got. Obviously words. I mean, he played his butt off. No one's questioning the kid as, as a competitor or as a warrior. I mean, he took some major hits in that game. He obviously was battling cramps all game. He went to the locker room. We saw him sprint out of the locker room, come back after Tomlin had one drive, but it's, it's those kind of situations that you like to see of if, if something's not working, you know, you can, you can have your best pitcher, um, you know, just uh, get completely annihilated, you know, in, in, in LCS, yeah. like we, we saw with the Braves. It, sometimes you have bad days, and, and co- it's, it, it's, it's up to good coaching to just to see that and either adjust your game plan to, to, to you know, either uh, to put your player in a better position to, you know, run the ball more or roll him out when the pocket is collapsing and he has no time to, to make a decision or throw or possibly take him out. You know, take them out. It doesn't have to be bench them for the entire game. Take them out for a series or two. Let them get a breather. You know, and, and it's it, I, I know, you know, that's that's why so many fans are frustrated because it's like we we just kept 
you know, the, the definition of insanity is, is, uh, you know, getting one result and keep doing the same thing over and over and over expecting a different result. That's what happened in this game. Our, our, our play calling our offensive strategy was a definition of insanity in this game. It was very frustrating to watch. Cause I felt, I felt the defense played well enough for us to, to easily win that football game. I was very impressed with the way their defense came. Now, Granted, they had their backup quarterback in, but he does have some playing experiences. That that wasn't like somebody that's never been on a football. No, he was their starter last year. He was, yeah, he was. Um, but with all with all due respect to Coastal, our defense played very well. I thought I thought that they just got the gassed. front. The front seven was fantastic. I mean, they they, they were they were causing havoc of, of Fred Payton all game long, and yep. which helped out our secondary. And we had said that, you know, like it obviously, you know, we have the young and experienced secondary. We've had a well, lot of broken had, down coverages. They and, had negative rushing yards going into the fourth quarter, I yeah. believe. And on top of that, we mentioned in the previous podcast that that the defensive front seven need to make sure that they had containment on the quarterback and not let him have alleyways or whatever to run out. And they did that very well for at least, gosh, I think, what, the first two, two and a half quarters? Yep. Uh, Now, they still gave up some third and longs, which is very frustrating to see. Um, So that's got to be something that, you know, you look forward, you take some positives, you know, you you played great. Obviously, they got gassed work on when you have somebody third and long you got to get them off the field you can't let them get the easy completions i don't i I, i'm not intelligent enough as a football fan to understand why if the if the yard to to gain is is eight yards why do we play at least five yards back right off the receiver for the first 10 yards and, and allow them to have that easy out pass to get the get the first down and move the chains I don't understand that philosophy. I, now, I'm sure that there's a reason behind it. I'm sure that they have some sort of, 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 of intelligent thought behind that. But to me, as just a casual <laughs> fan, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Maybe it doesn't yeah. make sense to me. So they were uh, Coastal was five for thirteen on third down. So not great, but yeah, the the ones where they converted were the were long I, I think i think i'd have to go back and count but out of out of those five conversions i'd say probably four at least three of those were eight yards or more and you know and, yeah. and, and some were converted by fred payton scrambling which we've seen you know it doesn't matter if you've got you know a, yeah. a statue like tom brady back there or <laughs> you know or or, know. or michael vick they're going to convert and it's 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 so frustrating to see that because you just you have no like faith in it when you're watching and it's it's third and 13 or they get backed up with a penalty or they get you know uh sacked for a loss and you're still holding your breath because because you know they're they're probably going to keep the drive going but i feel like we gave them their biggest test as far as our defense going up against their offense um yes this season they we we i thought we really played really well Considering that I thought Coastal was going to score at least thirty five well, points, well, I think this. I think if Grayson McCall um, plays, and that's obviously their starting quarterback and their star freshman quarterback, yeah. and again Fred Payton, it's not like he's never played down before. We actually exactly. didn't we actually didn't see him last year. He was actually hurt for our game against them, and uh, where McCall, I think, is he a true freshman or redshirt freshman? Anyway, he wasn't playing. Um, and we I forget the other guy's name, but the, the, that's who we faced last year. So. It's the first time kind of seeing Fred Payton, um, you know, I, maybe ever, um, but but certainly in two years. Um, and it, it, the kid played well, um, but I, I think if Grayson McCall is in that game, it's a much different score. It, it is. I, I think I think it's not 14 to 14 at the end of the half. I think, you know, the two interceptions they threw, I'm not saying that that McCall wouldn't throw an interception against us, but you had some throws by uh, by Fred Payton that that weren't great, you know, and it, so I, I think, you know, the rush and everything that maybe McCall would handle that a little bit better. I mean, but it's all speculation. We don't know. Yeah, but McCall is a is a good quarterback. He's he's been one of the biggest reasons why they're why they were four and entering this game. Right. Um, why they got their first ranking ever as a program. He's had a lot to do with that. So I think it's safe to say that, like, if he's in the game, they still win and they probably win bigger. Um, so, you know, and, and I think that's what's frustrating is because then you go back to like games like Louisiana, which we both, again, feel like was one of our best played games, uh, you know, offensively and defensively, even only scoring 18 points. But 
you know, then you look at these other factors of, of them missing, uh, you know, so many players that, you know, eight starters out, you know, for Louisiana, what would have happened if they had Elijah Lewis? What would, you know, the, the, you know, yeah. these kind of things. So it's, you mean Elijah Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell. I'm sorry. I think that's I think that's... Uh, Levi Lewis. I was thinking Levi Lewis, yes. uh, Elijah Mitchell. Um, <laughs> they, they, uh, did you hear the commentators? They had said something that was, um, they combined, Kennedy and King, I think, or something. It was, oh no, I missed. Oh that. man, uh-huh. I didn't yeah. Know that. Um, I don't. It was like it was like JD no, J, JD Kennedy or something is what they said. But anyway, oh no, um, I had I had it on mute. I had yeah. it on mute, so I didn't. Yeah, I didn't you didn't you that. didn't miss much. It was bad, but um, so yeah, I, I I think it's much different game if he's in, and and that's what makes it even more frustrating because while we kind of hung with him, it's like well we're not really getting the true test. We're not really getting the full, you know, the, the, the full show. So it's, it's scary. And especially entering, you know, this week, which is a week that we've been worried about for, you know, pretty much the entire entire season, even before the season started kind of identifying it as a trap game. You know, obviously originally we, we looked at coastal as possibly a trap game, but I'm not being the case now. It's, it's not even a trap game. I mean, we're, we're basically the same football team right now <laughs> than, than, than South. And I, I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, this is obviously a, a super important game. Um, you know, not to, not to go, uh, one and three, uh, to open conference play. And, you know, it's, it's not going to be an easy one for sure. And we're going to have to see a lot of improvements, especially on the offensive side of the ball to make it happen. Yeah, we for sure, for sure. If we come in here thinking that this is going to be some sort of an easy win, we're going to get smoked. Um, they do have weapons on offense. They will be confident coming into this game. I mean, they should have won against Tulane. They did beat Southern Miss. Uh, they have, I think, they're, they're what, 2-0 and in conference. They've beaten Texas State and I think somebody else. Um, uh, ULM yep. is who their other uh, – and spanked ULM yep. um, and didn't give up a big lead. They, they finished them out. So – you know they're gonna. I think they're gonna roll in here pretty confident um, when they come to play us on Thursday night, and they're gonna look for the victory. I mean, it's it's no it's no secret we're we're undefeated against them. They're gonna want to be the team that, that be, gets that first notch. They almost last year. Yeah, they they yep. probably feel MLB like they should have won last yep. year. Yep. So this is gonna be something that they're gonna want to do. I think they look at us as almost like um, uh, blood in the water, almost right. We're we're an injured, you know, kind of like we're on the fence. Yeah. Um, and that this is their opportunity to take control of that. So I think a lot of these teams are kind of looking at us as like a stepping yeah. stone this year. You know, your your, co- your coastals, so. your Texas yeah. states, your South Alabamas, all these teams that for you know since we've basically well, been in the now conference. that gets now see that gets into a bigger conversation now in terms of overall team and competitiveness. Now you look at where we were at at the end of 2018 and and after Lunsford's first year. You know, most people thought we were the third, maybe fourth behind Arkansas State best team in the conference at that Correct. point. But it was it was nobody was really close after that. Um, now within those two short seasons, it's now what? He- heck, we may not even be. You know, we're towards the bottom. No, we're <laughs> the top no, eight. We are. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're towards the bottom. So, so we're everyone's getting better when we're regressing. I mean, it is. It's. It's. I mean, it's. It's clear as day. I mean, anyone's seeing it. Yeah. We we are regressing while everyone else in the conference is getting better. Period. I mean, you had some teams at the top. You can argue like Arkansas State maybe has dropped off a little bit. App State I think has dropped off a little bit, but they're obviously still far and away I don't know. They, better. They, showed they, they out did. pretty good. They, they showed out in the, in this last game. Yeah, after a month off, um, they they looked really good. But you know. It, you know, losing a Marshall and they, these kind of things. Marshall, obviously, a good football team. But my, my point is, is I, I think they've had some drop off from last year, but they're still a really good football team. But you have these like basement dwellers that, you know, in, in your South Alabama's, even your Texas states that aren't getting the wins, but they're competitive and they're putting up a lot of points and, and they're scary teams. And, and I mean, even even ULM, ULM is like the one outlier that's there that's like, okay, they're still kind of like just like bait for other teams, you know? Yeah. Uh, they that, are. That, that's they are. it. But that's the only one where normally you can point to you know two three four teams every year that are that are just kind of that and and now it's it's basically ulm and we don't know where we fit in there you know i don't think we're quite there but also we beat ulm by an inch so you know um it's we very well could be at the bottom of this division when the season's all over with i know people don't want to really think about that right now but you look at how well georgia state's playing they just beat troy coastal is 
obviously is t- number 20. Out is going to be right there. And then Troy themselves, who we've lost to the last two seasons. So, I mean, you start kind of looking at, at this division and the competitiveness and how well these offenses are playing compared to how poor our offenses are is playing. Um, yeah, I mean, Nick, Nick I mean, Saban recently... Things, yeah. things need to change. Nick, Sa- things need Nick to change. Saban recently had a quote where he talked about how the game of college football has changed, and it's no longer those SEC games where, you know, it's 6-3 to three against, uh, you know, Alabama LSU. You know, it, it, it doesn't matter. You know, he, he was um, talking about the Georgia game and how, you know, Georgia's defense is very good, and he thinks Alabama's defense is, is kind of comparable, which I don't really agree with that. But, um, you know, he, he basically said, look, we still scored. 43 or whatever it was on him right um and he's basically saying it's turning into offensive game you it's it's to a point where yeah you can get some stops but you're not going to start seeing those like super low scoring games anymore college football has evolved where you're you're putting up a ton of points that's what the game is now and we're not there we're just not there um and you know and and it's scary because it doesn't matter how you know we can play keep away you know and, and again against against um against coastal we did it you know coming in leading the nation in, in time of possession that's basically our best game plan at this point you know run the football keep the you know uh keep our defense off the field um see, keep their offensive off the even, field you go back to even the first years and we were putting tons of points up on people so i mean because we were scoring think, quickly that's the difference we had yeah, those home run plays we, we don't have home run have plays to, anymore yeah i think i think we still have to have that as part of our of our quote-unquote plan to win like we have to score points I, I i you know you mentioned the 30 point stat earlier in the program i mean that's the minimum i think is what we should be shooting for i mean we really should be shooting for 40 and 50 points on some of these defenses and we're just not doing it correct so um this was on twitter i'm not even taking credit for it uh robert uh at chief 275 uh <laughs> tweeted this out um and uh, it was, it, he had a question for the uh, GS Sports Radio Network, right? And um, we favored it, uh, Georgia Southern, all time. We, we've talked about it on the show, you know, in, in, in past seasons. We are a really, really good football team, one of the best football teams in the nation when we score more than 30 points. That's kind of the threshold. 237 wins to 18 losses, a win percentage of 900, uh, of 929. 237 wins and only 18 losses when scoring 30 points or more. We're 102, 132, and 1, a percentage of 436 when scoring less than 30 points. Under this current coaching staff, Lunsford, Bob DeBess, and company, we've only scored 30 or more points 15 of 31 games. So that right there, you don't have to be, you know, a mathematical genius <laughs> to, to figure it out that, you know, more, you know, than, than 50% of the time, we don't score 30 or more points. So what is that going to tell you? We're going to lose the majority yeah. of those football games, period. I mean, that, that's, that's what history and that's what stats, which don't lie, tell you. So if, if we keep on this path where we can't put up, I mean, if you take away UL, or, um, uh, UMass where, you know, 41 nothing. If you take UMass out, we're not even averaging 30 points a game with that, with the 41 we got against UMass. We're, what, 27, I believe. We're just over 23 points a game if you take away that UMass score, which I think is, is more than fair because everything we talked about with UMass. If you and, and, and that's counting Campbell. That's counting an FCS team in there where we only scored 30, uh, 27 points. So, well, here's the other thing that nobody really wants to talk about. If you look at the three teams we beat, how many wins do those three teams have? zero and then Campbell is not playing any more games so they're not gonna they're done um ULM may not win another football game if they do I'll be surprised UMass ain't winning um and UMass is not gonna win a football game so uh, I mean again something has got to change inside the the way that we game plan and the way that we prepare and uh, I mean, yeah, no, it's 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 bad. How even, we go even against our opponents. I mean, because otherwise, if we don't, this this is not going to get any better. No, it's not. It's just not. It, it, it's not a magic wand situation where like overnight we're just going to suddenly see a, a, a switch flip, right? I mean, it's 
it's yeah, not going to happen. Gonna happen. We, we've seen it for three years and we've, we've, we've regressed. I mean, we, we, we just have, um, you know, we keep waiting for like something to happen to get better of signs of progress. 2018 was great, but every year since it, we've gotten worse. I mean, especially after the cure bowl. And, and that's kind of what, you know, a lot of fans are talking about, you know, after that kind of cure bowl game, it's just been kind of downhill since, especially offensively. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense. Like yep. what happened? Right, because we had a, we played great against Georgia State mm-hmm. before that, mm-hmm. the end of the season, you know, and we blew them out of the water. And, you know, last year we had a lot of injuries to the offensive right. line, and we were like, you know what, that's that's We made issue. excuses for them, and they were valid excuses. They were, you know, and yeah. – and, But no, this year, I don't, don't think you have. You don't you have it. You don't, mm-hmm. there, you don't, there's not mm-hmm. an excuse. There's not. You have the same excuse as everyone else of, of the lack of – practices and COVID and having players on blah, blah, blah. And that's not, you're, you're even playing field with everybody else. You have a team like UMass that only has, you know, 19 practices. So no, I mean, you really don't have a leg to stand on there. And, and the fact that out of those teams that you talked about that are going to end the season winless, the only team out of that, that we scored more than 30 points on, um, was ULM, you know, I mean, and UMass. UMass. Well, yeah, because I was excluding UMass, but, um, yeah. You know, and you, yeah, and you look at conference. I mean, the only one we beat convincing was UMass. Was you look UMass. at you look the at conference. We scored four. Yeah, we scored uh, eighteen, um, thirty-five, and fourteen. You know, against conference opponents, that's not going to stack up in the Sun Belt. It's just not when you have the no, Texas States of the world that are putting up 40, 50 points per game. Still losing, but putting up 40, 50 points per game. When you have Georgia State putting up fifty here's points. Here is an here is a. Here's an interesting thing. If you go to the ES, ESPN little app or whatever, um, look at points for us. We've played three conference games, and we have scored only 67 points in those three those three conference games, whereas if you look at Georgia State, they've put up in their three conference games 119 mm-hmm. points. Troy in two games has put up 71. App in one conference game has put up 45, and Coastal has put up 110 in their three conference games. Um there is only one team that has scored less points in conference than we have, and that is ULM at yep. 61 points. Even South Alabama, who has played two conference games, has has put up 68 points. So if we can't figure out the end zone problem, if we can't figure out how to put points on the board, this I mean, we might as well we might as well go ahead and just start talking about so probably some coaching staff somewhere whether it's from the top down or it's a coordinator or whatever new and you know is it time to just thank shy works for his service thank him for all that he's done for the university um being a leader on and off the field but explain that you know what we need tomlin to have some playing time so that we can start looking forward to 2021 no i agree i mean i I think again i think if if you're not going to design a game plan that that fits your players the best way possible and then put different players in. I mean, it's it, don't, don't try to force a system that's not working for yeah. somebody on someone that's, you know, proven that they can't run it. I mean, and, and again, that's not a knock on, on words. I mean, you can have a bad day again, best pitcher in the world. It can just be off throwing balls in the dirt. All, you know, so like it happens, it happens. Yeah. And, and we've talked about shy Wirtz's progression um, when it comes to to passing, you know, he, he he's gotten better as a passer. He just didn't have it against Coastal, and that's fine. But don't call those plays. Don't keep going back to that well when it's dry. And if you're going yeah. to, if you're, yeah. you know, and, 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 and you didn't need to. You didn't need to until, uh, you know, it was a 14-14 ball game. And, and, you know, until they get up, you didn't really need to pass. <laughs> you you could have kept running. You could have kept doing something that was more high-efficiency plays. But if you're, for whatever reason, just – dedicated well, to passing you know, put kept in to their game plan you know coastal kept yes. to their game plan right they're, they're a rushing team you know and even when they were had negative rushing yards after you know it, during the third quarter they still kept running the football yeah i don't you know they they and eventually when you got to the fourth quarter when we were pretty much done on defense at that point it it opened up for them and they they scored their two touchdowns I felt like Coastal had confidence in their game plan and their identity as to who they were and that they were going to be like, we're going to keep on doing the offense that we know that we can run well. And if they beat us doing that, then so be it. Hats off to them. But we don't believe for four quarters they can stop us. And we didn't. Whereas with us, I felt like 
I feel like we're in like an identity crisis. We don't know if we want to be triple option. We don't know if we want to be RPO. We don't know if we want to do this or do that. And last week we decided, you know what, we're going to kind of be like more of an RPO throw-in type of offense. And and it, it did not work. We talk about Jekyll and Hyde, and, and that's what I feel like. You you never know what you're yeah. going to get with us. And I, I forget, I don't know if it was like a fan that tweeted out or who, or who it was, but it, it really like resonated with me that like we – you know, maybe it was like an old coach quote or something, but we seem to game plan for the other team and attack them and what we think is going to work against their defense rather than just tried and true doing what works for us. If if if, if you just commit, yeah, well, well that's we what I'm saying. Best at. Like if, if you just commit to what you're best at and, and you make other teams, I mean, Paul Johnson, um, you know, uh, uh, Munkin, they they went out and they hit you with the same offense. You knew what you were getting. And they said, stop us. Stop us for, for, for 60 plays yeah. a game. Stop us. You know, and, and maybe you do, you know, 40 times, 50 times, but we're going to bust that one 60-yard run. And that's going to be the difference in the game. That That's the difference, I think, here, is that we, we seem so worried about what the other the opposing defense is going to do and less worried about what we're doing. And just just focus on you and and let let them beat you. You know, let 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 them figure out how to stop it. Um, you know, don't don't try to game plan specifically to to each team. Um, you know, I mean, Coastal comes out, they run the same thing. They ran the same thing against us that they've ran, you know, uh, against everyone else, right? I mean, and, and with with a backup yeah. quarterback. So uh, it, it's. That's why it's so frustrating because it's like why why are we trying to re reinvent the wheel every freaking game? It's it, you know it's it just yeah. stick with what again if it's a personnel thing if it's a recruiting thing I don't personally think it is I think we had just as much talent on the field against Coastal as they did if not more so um, so you know I I've, I know a lot of people are talking about that I don't think it's a talent issue I just think we're not putting our players in the best position to succeed. And, and whatever that is, you change the scheme, you change the play calls, you know, put words on a, on a rollout. It just it don't, you know, heave the ball deep, you know, seven times in the first half when it's not connecting. It's just, you know, it, it it's that kind of thing that is just so frustrating. Or actually run a triple or option. Or actually run play. A, We haven't ran the triple option since we've been an FBS football team. We haven't truly ran the triple option. We haven't. I mean, anyone, like, I, I you know, no, I felt like under Fritz with Ellison and Upshaw, mm. we did. For it sure. wasn't a true triple option. It was a zone read. It was a zone read option. Mm. It was a zone read. O- it wasn't a true triple option. Okay. We we did we did roll out. We did speed options, a power option rollouts, and and got Breed in space and and pitched in the ball. That's not a triple option. With it, there were some plays mixed in there. I'm not saying that we didn't run. You know, maybe ten percent, or you know, ten to fifteen percent, probably under him. It's probably less than ten percent now under Bob DeBess, where we truly have three options on the play. With the RPO, maybe it's increased a little bit. We didn't do a lot of that under Fritz, but like even under Fritz, with like fake into, you know, we don't have a fullback in the game, but like fake into, you know, fake in a um, like a play action or fake a, a dive then roll out most of them are just speed options so that's that's a dual option or you know so it's it's just not the same and you can you can run the triple option out of out of pistol or shotgun it doesn't just have to be out of the flag so you can run out of wing t whatever but you know i i hate that everyone just throws out oh triple option we we haven't been a triple option team in a really long time and you know where, where that's our base offense it's it might be a play you know it might be in the playbook but it's it's not our base offense and I don't even know if option is in our base offense. To be honest with you, we we have zo- it's not it's not we we have zone handoffs we have zone handoffs and we have just like straight dive plays and then we have QB rollouts with like a pitch and I yes I guess that's an option play right but it's it's I I I am hesitant to even call what we've seen especially this year but even in the last three years since 2018 an option offense it's not it's a run heavy offense. It's not option offense. It's not. I'm fired up. <laughs> well, I wish I wish yeah. we had an option. Well, option I think I, I think I a lot of people do, and that's going to create like that's going to start a whole another conversation, which I don't think we have time for. But you know, of of you know no. the tri- yeah. Let, let's let's just we'll end it with this. It's, it doesn't even have to be an option offense. I just would like 
what would appear to be confident game planning and I and what would appear to be our players to be coached well enough to where they when they get on the field they actually look like they were confident yeah. in what they were doing if, if if things are too complex you know and, and again we don't know the issue we're not behind the scenes we don't we don't know you know if if the if the play calls are too complicated if the blocking schemes are too complicated we don't know you know it could be too simplistic i don't know but but you you have to change something to again just put your players in position not just the quarterback not just running back obviously get wesley Kennedy the ball but with blocking, if you're if your offensive line, if they're not very fast, if they can't get lateral, or if they're just poor pass blockers, don't pass the ball as much. Or if you are, do do more screens, do more you know quick outs, things like that. Don't try you know to to put your quarterback back in the pocket. You know a quarterback who's not a pocket passer, and I don't think I mean he will tell you that he's not a pocket passer. <laughs> I don't know if we have a pocket passer on the team. I mean Tomlin certainly you know more so probably than words, but. I, I just do rollouts, do situations where it, it it increases efficiency across the board with your wide receivers, with your offensive line, your tight ends, your running backs, and your quarterback. Period. I mean, it, it like I know that's easier said than done, but it's it's just you you keep doing the same things when it's not working, and you know. It, there were bad decisions made. I mean, uh, you know, Wurtz was scrambling for his life and, you know, uh, one or two times there he threw the ball, um, you know, away. But other times he tried to make a play and he's always, that's that's him. That's what he's going to try to do every time. And I don't fault him for that. But again, you're, you're putting him in a position where there's just no, there's no blocking and the play breaks down before it has a chance to develop and you're expecting him to throw the ball 30 yards down the field. You know, it's just... It is it's coaching. It all comes down to coaching. Yep. Yep. I, I agree with you on that one. So I want to bring up one thing before we get to South real quick. Is this um, the Twitter video? Oh, yeah. Uh, no. What, what is the Twitter video? You know of Coastal and their post game. Oh, yeah. Actually, no, I do want to talk about it. I have two things okay. I want to talk about. All right. Wait, we, we, we got to get rolling then. All right. So the <laughs> first thing was, was Captain Clack was, was the tweet that he sent out. Um, I know I, we both retweeted it. I don't know if we realize that we both retweeted no, it. No, no. So I, I know, I know you saw it. Um, Cody and I obviously both handle our uh, Twitter account. So uh, every now and then, it was like a day apart, which is what's funny. And uh, we essentially said the same thing: like stats don't lie. You used the yeah. hashtag. I didn't. Um, <laughs> so I think I said numbers don't lie, and you said stats don't lie, or vice versa, whatever. But so with with this chart, he had a. Um, like a, like a line graph um, and basically showing all our coaches, you know, starting with our Russell to now with Lunsford 18 to 20 and showed that basically the bare minimum when it comes to offense is six yards per play. Right. And you can see, you know, you don't, you don't have to be expert at, at reading graphs. You can see just looking at this of which coaches were successful uh, when they're above that green line of six yards per play and which coaches didn't last long in Statesboro uh, when they were, you know, below that mark. BVG, Hatcher, um, you know, Munkin even in his first year, but he inherited, you know, kind of a, a train wreck change in the offense, you know, back uh, from a, a passing offense to a, a flex bone. Um, and then he, he goes well above that green line. Fritz, you know, is up there for the, uh, you know, the highest we've been since, uh, since Johnson in, in 99 with AP, right? And then, of course, we have Summers goes way below that, that green line. And then with Lunsford, we're, we're hovering uh, right below that green line, you know, where, where we're, um, you know, five, five yards, a little over five yards uh, a play. Um, and then almost right at five yards a play uh, last year in 2019. Now we're pretty much on pace where we were in 2018 yards per play. But we, we talked, we've, we've talked over and over about the lack of explosive, uh, explosive plays and home run uh, style plays that we were used to seeing under Fritz and certainly used to seeing under Munkin and Johnson when we ran the flex bone. We're just not and seeing C-walk. that. And Seawalk. And Seawalk. Yeah. And Seawalk. And, and yeah, that's an interesting one. Cause he just had the one year where he was, where he was under there. And, you know, Cody and I come from the, 
you know, we talk all the time that we were in school for the dark ages. We had kind of one year where we can look back and be like, oh, you know, what could have been? And that was 2005 or freshman yeah. year was Seawalks last year. And it was kind of a situation where we look back now and we're like, well, maybe fans didn't really know how good they had it because then look what happened with BBT and Hatcher and right. And and that's I what we had now to endure. As a fan base, a lot of us look at it and think, man, what would it, what, where would it be if we didn't fire Seawalk at the end of 2005? If we were like, you know what, let's just keep with him until he really sets the dumpster on fire. Um, and then maybe hire Munkin. You know, you skip, maybe you yeah. skip over and you just stick, you know, you never waver from the triple or the flex yeah. bone. Um, but yeah, so Cody and I, you know, we've been jaded <laughs> when, when it comes to, we have. to what we we've have. seen and, and, and looking at this chart, our, our years of when we started being fans of Georgia Southern football, we operate below that green line. So we know that life very well. And, you know, unfortunately since Fritz, we've been below that green line. You know, uh, with, with, with Summers and now with Lunsford and and, and, and mainly Bob DeBess, our you know office coordinator, been below that green line. And what is it going to take? We're in year three now. What's it going to take to start getting those explosive plays? Start averaging more than six yards per play? I don't know. Maybe Doug Ruse has the answer. Maybe Doug Ruse has the answer. I think he was. Wasn't he? Somebody with that name was around during the Fritz years. Yeah, I think I think I think they just share a name, or like maybe they're like distant cousins or something. Yeah, but something. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, bo- <laughs> both both uh, both years under Fritz, you know, well above. I mean, obviously, 2014 uh, again, a landmark year. I mean, the the only uh, second highest offensive production in terms of yards per play, um, only to uh, Johnson's 99 team, like I said, with with Adrian Peterson. Um, national championship team right so um we we had a lot of success there and was kind of been downhill ever since i mean we've recovered you know from the summer's years where it was not not yeah, as not as so low, low. it mean, was low it was low it wasn't as low as like one of the, the last year of hatcher highest coaching <laughs> the la- what, what's interesting look at this chart the last the the, the lowest if, if i asked you without and you probably already know the answer but like if, if i asked you without looking at this chart who would you think – what coach would you think that we would have the lowest total yards per play under? under? Who would you under? say? Yeah. Uh, like lowest amount. I would – yards per play. Um, mm-hmm. Goodness. I would say probably Brian, Brian – And then I'm going to ask you here. Van but. Gorder or the that odd year, 96, with whoever it was between Stowers and, and Johnson. Nope, it would be none other than Chris Hatcher. Really? In 2009? Chris Hatcher in two, two, yeah, cor- cor- okay. 2009. 2009, we were at four yards per play, just above four yards per play. And that, <clears throat> so that, that was the lowest in our history since restarting the program in the 80s. And, and you know, Stowers had, he was, he was down there in like the uh, low fours, um, you know, and then you had, uh, Actually, BVG in, in his one year was above five. He was like right about five point five, uh, which is interesting. But um, yeah, Hatcher Hatcher started uh, taking over for BVG above that green line, just over six yards per play, and then immediately yeah. regressed uh, down to I mean, yeah to, to four yeah. yards per play. So, well, yeah, you had exactly. Jason Foster in his first year. Yeah, that was the difference. So. Moving on from that, again, you can look at our Twitter account, see that, uh, not taking credit from it. Uh, Jason Castles, uh, Captain Clack, um, you know him from uh, posting all the uh, video archive of the games on, on YouTube. Um, he shared that chart. It's it's just really eye-opening, I think. Um, it just kind of shows what we've yep. been talking about yep. here, you know. Um, so let's talk, about, let's talk about the video. <laughs> so for those who don't know, if you're listening to this, you probably do. But Coastal Carolina, two videos came out. Uh, shortly after their win, um, you know, first one was a, a shorter one, just showing one of their players and the turnover cloak. I think yeah. is what they're calling it because all all teams have to have a gimmick now. We have the guitar. I'm, I'm not, not a really a fan either. of it, no. any of that stuff. I'm not. But um, you know, whatever makes the kids happy, it's fine. But they, you know, Coastal Carolina, they have like this cloak and a sword. It's a whole Game of Thrones thing. And uh, it's a linebacker with the, the this kid in the locker room. He's yeah, been, yeah, yeah. They they have they have the two players with the Mohawks, yeah, and they're like definitely kind of their more vocal players, right? And so he goes out, puts on a show in the locker room. He elbows, <laughs> drops a chair. I think that's that's perfectly fine. I think everyone is 
should have expected that, yeah. right? Something like that. Um, and then a video comes out continuing the celebration, or, or maybe this happened before. I don't really know of you know the uh, series of events, but I imagine it happened afterwards. And there was a lot of premeditated planning here. <laughs> um, it was a whole, was a whole you know, they were match. obviously making fun of the... Co- it was a whole wrestling match. They were obviously making fun of our coaches, specifically Coach Lunsford and Vic Cabral, their love of professional wrestling, which everyone knows, um, which has you know led into the whole uh, elbow chair drop thing and the Ric Flair walk and all this kind of stuff. But it was premeditated. I mean, they had you know a whole uh, cold, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin get up with a bald cap and the cut off jean shorts they and, have a, and they the, have the a wrestling t shirt too, and a belt. They had a, they had a referee. Yeah, you don't just have an eagle costume laying around, right? Um, you, you don't just have the bald cap laying around. You don't have a big chain to look like John Cena <laughs> and some jean shorts. Two different pairs of jean shorts. One short shorts for Stone Cold Steve Austin. One longer, you know, with a baggy shirt um, and the blue hat to obviously be John Cena. I'm not even really sure who the guy was that was jumping off the ladder. <laughs> um, but there was one guy jumping off the ladder, had like a blonde wig on, or maybe that was his real hair. I don't well, know. Well, hold on. Set the stage. Um, but you know, you're kind of jumping ahead. So if you didn't see the video, I am. I am the the Stone Cold. Well, yeah, go watch the video. Don't don't no, just no, no. listen to go me. Go watch the video. video. But, but, but the but yeah. Stone Cold Steve so, Austin guy comes out yeah. there. Then you have somebody dressed up in a chicken outfit, uh, or not chicken or a bald eagle outfit, whatever. You, uh, okay, eagle. It was an eagle, it was an eagle outfit. Uh, yeah. And they come out and they have these introductions, and then they tell the referee guy to ring the bell, and they ring the bell, and the Eagle gets the Stone Cold Stunner, in which then they drag him up on the table. They had a a, a bro- that had already been broken, that had already been cracked. Yep. And then one breakaway of their players, table. lot yes, of planning. And then here. one of their other players is on top of probably what like a five, eight, ten foot ladder. I can't really tell. It was a it was a large line. It was a good yeah, leap, honestly. Was. I was impressed. I was impressed. I mean, he he got some air. It was a good. I mean, I don't know if this was like choreographed, if this was practiced, <laughs> if there was rehearsals, right? But I mean, you got to imagine. Like, obviously, they're not doing this no. if we win. You know, if if we win and they lose their ranking, but they have all this stuff planned. They had the ladder. And he's like in, maybe he's not like in the locker room, away, but probably. in the vicinity of the locker room. He's like ten feet away. He's on like the the second to highest yep. rung. And he jumps off elbow, that thing. Bam! Right and on. <laughs> Macho Man through the eagle through the table. Then, and and I I, I I've watched this video several times, and I think and maybe this is just like the the you know creative in me or the the editor or writer in me. But I think there's a lot of symbolism here. The eagle gets choked. Out. Oh yeah, yeah. The eagle yeah, yeah, gets yeah. choked out to end the match. I don't think I don't. I think that was planned. I don't think that was just you know a coincidence no. that they ended the match with choking out the eagle. He got he got choked out. And the only the only way I would have said like it was one hundred percent intentional was if they stepped on his throat. Yeah, but but it was. This, and, yeah. and, and and you know what? I I can't say we haven't had it coming. This this is bound yeah, when to you come do in, those kind of things. Yeah, it's gonna um, happen. And if you portray that your team has this mentality and then you don't do it. This is this is what's going to happen. Teams are going to have fun with it. They're going to shove in your face, especially your inner division opponents. I mean, I know that Georgia yeah. State and, and App State are two of the most heated of the of the opponents that we typically have, but we're going to play Coastal. We're going to play Troy every year. These contests throughout the years are only going to get bigger and they're only going to get more uh, contentious. As as these, as I these said last week, and going. I stand by this. And Coastal is going to get there. I mean, Coastal's getting into. A, Coastal's yeah. going to be a rivalry yeah. with it. I, I I think in four or five years they're they're a heated rival. There may be a, a more heated rival after Mo Bamba than, after than Georgia this, State. I think if if Lunsford yeah. and company are still here, if they're still here next year, uh, th- that's then, a, yeah. Then right. You don't don't uh don't anybody tell you otherwise. But that video will probably be nonstop in the locker rooms the week of. Yeah. Oh, it has to be. It, it should be. If it's not, then there's a problem. There's a bigger problem, right? And like, and like, and yeah. I mean, that's that's bulletin board material um, to a T. Um, but again, yeah, it was premeditated. I honestly don't have a problem with it. I, know. I, I thought it was hilarious. Um, you know, you you can say I laughed. You could say it's silly. It's over the top. I thought it was hilarious. I did. I mean, we we had a, a target on our back. We set us uh, set ourselves up for and it. You we, know what? If you, know, if do you don't all this want this to happen. And, yeah. Then demand that your team win. Yeah, win football games. Choke, choke opponents out like you yeah. said. 
<laughs> that apparently yeah. you don't Ch- have I that mean, intensity anymore. Have have your have your bite match your bark. You know that's perfect. You, you that's have perfect. all your catchy yep. sayings. Yeah, have your bite match your bark. Have have all your catchy sayings you want. Elbow drop chairs. Do whatever, have that swagger, but show that swagger on the field and win football games, period. I mean, you know, and, and time after time, we just, we, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. We haven't had that intensity, that fire, that blue-collar mentality for four quarters, and, and, and you know, um, and that's that's what we want to see. And, and yeah, I mean, was this way more over the top than having a logo on a chair, on a folding chair, and, and elbow dropping it? Sure. Um, I think there's still a lot of animosity there with the coaching staff yeah. at, uh, at at Coastal, and I think they might want a rivalry maybe more than we do. But guess what? If, if they keep doing stuff like this and if they keep beating us, and obviously last year we beat them, but it was you know triple overtime game, um, it's going to happen. You know, you can't, we, we've talked about it before. You can't force rivalries. The reason why we don't like Georgia state is because we feel like that's being a forced rivalry. Yes. The, the, the record is, is, is even, um, now, you know, and, um, and that certainly, I mean, if you're just dominating the opponent every year, it's not going to be in, but because that's an in-state team, it, 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 from the start, it felt like a forced rivalry. With Coastal, it's starting to feel more like a natural rivalry. We became rivals with Furman and with um, App State, not just because on the field, not just because we traded blows and you know had had a fairly even record against them and, and played them in really meaningful. Uh, you know, important games, you know, uh, Furman, you know, we beat them the first time for our first national championship. They beat us for their only national championship, right? Then you have like App State slamming the goalposts through the uh, through the bus and, and things like this. Things like that create rivalries. And and yeah, I, yeah, I, I, think, I think this is a rivalry in the making yeah, with it Coastal. Is. I mean, when so. I think in about 15 years, if, you know, if college football's landscape t- stays the same and whatever – if we're all still in the same division and conference, then yeah, I think people will look back and be like, Oh yeah. Remember that time that they had the dance party and the triple overtime rain. Right. And then all of a sudden they did this yep. or whatever at the next year. And I th- they had the yeah, big chef re- wrestling, wrestling match, match yeah. in the locker room because, because they don't have a true rival. They don't. And I know we can probably look at it and, and like be like up on a pedestal and all high and mighty and be like, Oh, we don't need you as a rival. But guess what? If they keep being us, if they keep insulting us and doing these things, like until we can prove yeah them otherwise yeah it's gonna happen so um yeah it's, it's gonna be interesting to see for sure um turn into south alabama um obviously again short week playing them at home um another home game this is a game originally scheduled for halloween night um or i'm sorry halloween uh, i think it was what a noon game or 1 1 p.m game um now it's a prime time game on espn 7 30 thursday night um another game in paulson Again, you know, this, this is a team that comes in uh, identical record, um, but the difference, you know, three and two on the season, but the difference is they've won all their conference games. Um, yes, it was against Texas State and ULM, um, but, you know, Texas State, that was a closer game, 30 to 20, but they dominated ULM where we didn't, and uh, at least not for four quarters. Nope. So, again, this is not a sleeper team. This is not a trap game by any measure. Um, this is right now, but with with the standard that we're playing at, this is an even opponent. I mean, I, I don't know how else to say it. This is an even opponent that we're playing, and you know, it's we're going to have to give our all, uh, you know, and, and certainly again play better offensively in order to win. Yeah, I mean, if we go out there and have another offensive performance like we just saw, and we don't score twenty points, or we don't score more than one offensive touchdown in this game, I don't see how there's not changes on the offensive staff after Thursday night. I just don't. Yeah. Um, I know that we had been, at least myself had been harping on that. I felt like the offense had kind of improved outside of just finishing drives, but Saturday was really eye opening and for We took like a big step in the wrong direction overall as an offense. And that just, that just can't happen. Um, you know, the name of the game is to score points, and it doesn't matter what all your other stats show. If you can't put the ball in the end zone, then that's an issue, and, and we need to have somebody there that can figure that out. I will say it's going to yeah. be tough because South Alabama, their defense no, isn't bad. Not. I mean, you're looking 26 uh, And their coach is a winner. He won at, I think, what, Division two and JUCO yeah. level or, or yeah. Division one a He has Central Arkansas in the playoffs. They beat Arkansas State, I believe, when he was there his last season. So this isn't a head mm-hmm. coach that – doesn't know what he's doing he's been around he's been around for a while he's a proven winner he knew the situation he was getting into at south alabama um 
he knew that he it was almost a rebuild. This is probably taking a little bit longer yep. than what he was hoping for. But again, they're three and two right now. If we come in here, you know, lazadaisical and and not taking this seriously, they're gonna walk out of here four and two. They remind me a lot of Coastal the last couple of years. Yeah, that's a good way I mean, to put you know, it. They do. They, they, they remind me a lot of, of and, Coastal and look, man, I mean, uh, in uh, 2019, yeah. 2018 Coastal where, you know, they're probably going to end up winning five or, you know, five games, maybe six games. You know, Coastal for, for years since they joined the Sun Belt was just short. You know, and I, they yeah. had the whole mantra. I don't know what it is, but it was like 20, 20 something points or 28 points separated them from from this where they lost so many close games or something like that. They talked about it on the broadcast, but um, that's, that's been their mantra all year. It's like, look, we're this close and we got to get over and, and they've, they got over in a big way, you know, now as the number 20 team in the country and five and oh, you know, South Alabama, obviously not quite there yet, but you're seeing but they're those getting and they, consistent and they're signs getting, of improvement. And they just upgraded all their facilities, right? New stadium, right? Exactly. Indoor practice facility, you're getting a buzz with a fan base, yep. right? So, you know, they're in an attractive spot. This is all going to help them in far as recruiting goes. You know, if they keep on winning, then yeah, they'll they'll keep on getting recruits and they'll get better and they'll become a force in in the West Division. But they all signs right now point to that they're turning upward. They're leading the West Division right now. How crazy is that? Coastal Carolina is leading the East, and South is leading the West. That is a crazy I mean, stat, <laughs> but I'm not right. It's, it's a grain of salt, depending on who they played. Now, if yeah. they would have beat know, Louisiana, then I've been like, right. "Hey, man, this is this is this is a team." But again, I my God, it's a short week. I don't know how much they're going to be able to fix on the offensive side for us to to be competitive. I mean, it's. But but like we said, Jekyll and Hyde. I think you have to if we come out and run uh, what we did against. I don't even want to say UMass. I mean, obviously that was our best offensive and defensive showing, but it was UMass. Yeah. So like so, that that we we you I just know passed some more in that game and, because I just feel like yeah. it's just just it, that everything about that's an outlier outlier in stats outlier in how we played it, outlier in who the team that we we're playing. That, I mean they I mean I give all the credit to UMass, but they really shouldn't be on a football field right now. They shouldn't have been. If if I think if we go out in this game and play offensively like we did against Yolem for three quarters, I think you know we'll we'll win this game. Um, you know we, we come out, we have to establish a run. Um, you know we take what the defense gives us. If if that means pass, that's fine. But don't get in desperation scenarios. Don't try to force anything. You know, and 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 then obviously defensively have to have to stop the big play have to stop the big pass you know our, our front seven you know i think has proven you know kind of time and time again definitely showed showcased it against uh, coastal they're solid if they can stay aggressive and get after the quarterback and, and consistently blitz um i think that will help out the secondary and we just we just can't have those busted coverages. I think you know it's probably going to happen, but it just don't let it happen more than once, right? Yeah. Uh, where you know you you've got um, you got think, their quarterback and Desmond yeah. Desmond Trotter. I'm just tired. Um, of you know he's he's a good of communication. Like yeah, like it's been five games now. Right. Your signals are wrong or something. No, yeah, like, like, what, like develop like, something. Like. like and again, simplify, simplify. If it, if You're it, if the, the cover, issue. just like, it's, it's just like on offense, just like on offense, if it's, if it's too complicated for whatever reason, simplify it, simplify it. It can't be worse. It can't be worse than your, than, than the safety or the, or the uh, cornerback being 20 yards from the guy I when, when he's flying wide open down the field. So simplify it, do something. And so, but yeah, Desmond Trotter, their quarterback, 744 yards on the season, uh, six touchdowns. He had three against um, ULM. Um, he has thrown two interceptions. Uh, their big uh, wide receiver is uh, Jalen Tolbert. Um, he's already got uh, almost 500 yards on the on the year and, and four touchdowns. He's pretty much their their main offensive weapon. Well, they got two. Um, they got you know, two big receivers, so they'll it'll, they've they'll got they, one to the other. Yeah. And then, and then Carlos Davis, their uh, running back, 97 carries, 443 yards. He's got two touchdowns. I'm not really so much worried about him. I mean, we, we shut down Marble for the uh, uh, for the uh, most part against Coastal. Um, you know, we our, our run defense has been pretty solid this year, as as it has really been, you know, historically under Scott Sloan. Um, passing is, is where you know I, I think just stopping that that deep play. Um, I, I think you know you saw last year they they could, what I, all their points pretty much came on the big play. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and they're going to try to exploit. Oh that yeah, again. they're going to do that again 
for sure, for yeah. sure. Um, they'll mix and run just every now and again just to keep us honest. But, yeah, they're going to go deep. And they're going to test us deep, and I don't blame them. I would. I would. Oh, I would. Totally. I would. Yeah, I mean, Coastal, when they took the knee before the half, I'm like, what are you doing? You have 42 seconds or whatever it was. You throw the ball three times deep. Throw it three times deep. Well, you know, I mean, like, and, and again, if, so if you have, if you, their, they won the game. If you have McCall in, maybe they do it. I don't know. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, their quarterback had just got off of the interception, I believe. After yeah. That, so maybe that's, maybe why, that's but, why they don't do it. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, we're going to have to give our, our all, I think the key to this for sure is going to be the big play on both sides. I think if we can convert on one or two big plays, um, you know, in, anything 20, 20 yards or more. Um, and then limit those plays from them. Um, that's going to be the difference. We got. Can we get to thirty? Yeah. Can 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 we get thirty or more points? They've only allowed more than thirty points one time this year, and that was to UAB, a, a really good UAB team. So I don't know. I don't, it's going to be tough. Texas State can put up points. Um. So I mean, yeah, to hold them to twenty, that's that's big. Um. I don't know. I don't know. That's this is. I'm I'm worried about this game. I think South Alabama is going to be chomping at the bits to get here to Statesboro. I know it's power policy, and I know that the team probably feels confident and better playing at home, but this team is going to be ready to play. Um, look, they have a chip on look, their shoulder. Again, they're looking at the us as like off, a step and yeah, so. I like the points that you brought up. I think the big thing is getting off the field when it's third and long. When we have them third and long, yeah. we got to oh, get yeah. off the field. Yeah, well, in fourth. I what mean, was uh, it? Heck, Coastal, the, uh, Coastal, was one, Coastal was one for two on, on yeah. fourth down. So so now that's what that was uh, it was ten so we're so we're what, no um, nine for ten t- teams are not nine for ten nine, nine for, for ten, ten in the last yeah. three games yeah unbelievable <laughs> oh my goodness oh so, wow yeah that that's gonna be yeah third third and long and then stopping fourth down conversions yeah that's I mean you know on on defense and limiting a big play and then offense making big plays happen um, not abandoning abandoning the run. Um, you know, if passing's not working, you know. Well, at least do don't abandon else. it until you give Kennedy ten shots at making something happen. Right. Yeah. Get get <laughs> Kennedy the ball. Right. Ten. Yeah. Ten touches. I mean, if 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 you're gonna pass it, throw the ball to him. You know, I th- I think I think one of you know one of his Screens. targets I think was a drop. Yeah, it was a drop. But like, but it wasn't an accurate. You know, I mean, he reached his hands out to try to make right. a play on it, and it just went through. Yeah, yeah. But it's still, right. it's just, it's like yeah, put him out screen flat something something. Just get his get him in space. Oh, get him. He has to touch the ball more. He has to. And the whole rotation of the backs. And, hmm. Oh, is South Alabama doing that? No, probably not. Right? Probably not. No. No. Probably not. I don't think they are. I don't think most teams in the Sun Belt are. No. We have fresh legs. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't get us thirty points a game. It doesn't. Um, oh, all right, Cody. We we got anything else to add? No. I definitely went bad cop for this episode. Well, how can you not? Um, it's after frustrating, that man. Performance. I know. I mean, yeah. I I was literally at the end of this at the at the halftime. I was like, man, our defense I thought had played well besides the two broken coverages, which yes. I'm not upset about because it's going to happen from time to time. Um, but overall, that we shut down their run and and got really good pressure on the quarterback, which I thought was fantastic. And I'm like, man, if we can yep. just figure out our offense, we may actually cruise to victory in this game. And it was like. Nope, we're just not going to play offense at all and see how that strategy yeah. works. And oh man, it was one of those misleading ones because as as exciting and as great as that punt return was for Kennedy, it it just made the game seem like a lot more even than it was. And really, well, when you go that's back and what watch blows it, my it mind just about it is how do you not look at that punt return and think to yourself, you know what? I think he only deserves the ball about two more times. Right. <laughs> man, he's a good punt returner. Man, he's good at, at returning kicks. Like, <laughs> wow, did you see him make all those defensive the returner, I mean, defenders miss? Don't you worry. Against Troy, we'll put him on a reverse, right? You know, know. like it's, like we'll set up a reverse play for it. Like it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, I I mean it. Yeah, it, I mean it's, it's like so, flashes of Jason yeah. Foster back there, just make, breaking ankles, and it's like get him. You know the what? Ball That's a good idea. Space. That's a good comparison. It's like when Brian Van Gorder had Jason Foster and didn't utilize him at all. And I feel like the same yeah. thing is going on with the best in lunch where they're not utilizing Kennedy the way that they need to. Yeah, because BVG put Foster um, as, a, as a kick and punt returner, and he had several, a lot of our quote-unquote offense, you know, came on like special teams, came on, on, on punt returns and kick returns. And, um, and then he put them back at wide receiver after being, uh, you know, a quarterback. Um, you know, he's a quarterback under um, Seawalt. Mm-hmm. 
and then uh, and then he, he puts him at wide receiver and occasionally he catches like a screen pass or whatever. Immediately, 2007 comes around, Hatcher comes in. He knows, look, it's going to take a while to bring my guys in to be able to run the offense, you know, hashtag that I want to run. And but he says, I'm, I'm putting, you know, he, he's not an idiot. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm going to put number play, four back. Yeah, the ball was yeah. in his hands. And it was the foster offense. Yeah. I covered the team at the time, and, and that's that's what I called it. And, I mean, I, I asked I asked Hatcher about it, and he even admitted it. He said, "Look, we're we're snapping the ball to number four and let him do his thing. Yep. That's what we are." And he straight up quote from him because he he knew he's a good enough coach to recognize, you know, we're we're far and away from what he's trying to implement, and he just didn't have the time you know, and the that, personnel in that frustrates we're gonna me, do this. and it frustrates me. Man, this is how long. This is just how much stuff we talk about we didn't really talk about the the second half possession in which we went three and out in 48 seconds and it's like how do you you just saw jd king go for seven yards you have three yards to gain to get a first down and keep the ball moving and you do two passes i get that bob the best calls plays but i know chad lunchford is listening in on the call and after yeah. the the second down play didn't work something. why didn't he just say no Another play. No, we're hand, we're handing it to King again, or we're pitching or it to you Kennedy. Make it for, we, you, you design a run play for Kennedy, or or you make. I mean, uh, JD King is a baller, and like he he gets more yards after um, contact than anyone I've ever seen. Yeah. And I mean, you know, so so like you you hand it, you give him two opportunities to get three yards. I I I trust him exactly. to do that. Yeah. 99% of the time. So, like, I, I just don't see when, uh, after he gets that one run, I mean, maybe you try a pass just to mix it up. And then when that doesn't hit, go back to the run. If he only gets two and a half yards, guess what? Go for it on fourth down, grab him and go, and, you know, and, yeah. and do, I mean, you know, and, and, and go up the middle again or, or then do your pitch, you know, to the outside of the Kennedy something. But you can't afford um, to go yeah. three or four plays and out in that little amount of time and put your defense right back on the field. That, 40, 46 that seconds. was... Uh, that was, uh, um, I knew we had lost when that happened. Yeah. I mean, you know, that was after they missed the field yeah. goal. We had the momentum back and, and, you know, uh, like, cause you know, but I, I, I didn't expect that kid to miss, you know, he, he's the one that hit the game winner against, uh, Louisiana, but you never know what kickers misses it. Um, we get another shot and just, uh, you know, not again, not just the fact that the play calling, but not doing our bread and butter of running clock. Yeah, I know. 46 seconds is all you can burn. It's unbelievable. Yep. So, all right. All right. Well, with that, we're done. That's our soapbox. For now. Hopefully, <laughs> that's our soapbox. We're getting off of it for now. Hopefully, we're more cheerful next week. Hopefully. Um, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, you know, or, uh, you know, like we said, if, if it's not, hopefully there's some changes or, or something that we can talk about and have some semblance of positivity to look forward to for the rest of the season. Yeah, because the season gets um, hard quick. It gets hard really quick. I mean, it's already hard. It's going to get hard Thursday. So with that, we'll pick it up next time. Um, as always, Cody, uh, hail Southern. Hail Southern. Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. Be sure to visit our website, gotatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gotta Talk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gatatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, Gata and Hail Southern. Southern.